What's up, stalemates? Welcome back to another episode of Weekly Tea. I think this is technically like the second uh, Weekly Tea episode that we've done, but I think uh, this is something I want to do more on a consistent basis now that the Willie trials are over and we got a lot of other stuff going on, but I wanted to do more of a uh, weekly show and there's no better person to do this with than my man Jagger in the building all the way from the East Coast. We won't reveal his location, but he is here. What's up, Jagger? What's up? Do you prefer to go by Jagger? It doesn't matter, Jagger, Ian. I think most people do call me Jagger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you, you know, for those of you who don't know, I don't want to get into your whole backstory and stuff because we're just going to talk about some wrestling Twitter topics, stuff that's going on in the social media world for wrestling. Uh, but just for the people who don't know, what's your elevator pitch on who Jagger is? I just found you. I think you're hilarious on Twitter. I found you on there and I've, you know, from the jump, I thought you're the funniest guy on Twitter. Uh, you always seem to know what to say and when to say it. Um, but for those of you who don't know, how do you describe yourself? I don't really have much of a backstory. I was born out of Twitter. I, just, I was an account person and I became a human, kind of like Vision in uh, the Avengers. Um, yeah, uh, just started, you know, picking up on getting on wrestling a couple of years ago. Got back into it and all. And then, then you know, got into the whole Twitter thing and, and you know, just started making jokes about stuff. People liked it and, and that's what I do. But I've always done with everything and now I've got an outlet for it. Correct. So, I think I think you definitely have an outlet for it. Um, we look. You, you guys know, need to be making fun of a little bit. Yeah, that's you know that's what the Twitter stuff's about. The Twitter streets are about. The forums have kind of made its way to Twitter, and uh, here we are. You're probably one of the only guys in the history of wrestling fandom who have got a free comp flow account. Maybe. As far as not being a wrestler, yeah, maybe. Nah, they might have given some out, but yeah, that was that was a big deal. Now yeah. I'm paying for it, so you know, what are you gonna do? Well, you earned it. All right, let's get into these topics. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through some of the stuff that has kind of popped out on our timeline in the past uh, week or so. Some of this is has maybe a little bit older than that, or maybe it's it's been going on for longer than the past week. It's, you know, stuff that I think that we need to cover. People have wanted me to do some um, Twitter beef break, Twitter beef breakdowns of some stuff. But here's a deal with those things. Sometimes... Sometimes it's hard to pull an entire video off of like one little back and forth exchange of two wrestlers going at it. And so it's like, I'm not going to waste my time doing, you know, a 10 minute breakdown of something kind of minute or something small. Or if I think it's something that's forced and not really like a natural uh, Twitter beef, I'm not going to do a whole video about it, but it can make the tw the weekly Twitter tea breakdowns, whatever you want to call their show, the weekly tea. Um, so we're just going to go through some of these things pretty bang, bang, bang. We're going to keep this pretty brief. But the first one actually happened. It's probably the most recent one. Yesterday, Thomas Gilman got into it with his former Hawkeye Wrestling Club uh, family. Uh, Thomas Gilman is one of those guys who he's never been afraid of the smoke. You know, no pun intended, my guy Jagger right here. Um, but he he's got into it. When he was with the hot guys, he was ride or die, you know, and then, you know, when he's team USA, he's team, you know, USA ride or die. And he had the whole trader comment saying, you know, if you go train or, you know, if you're training the US and then you go compete for somebody else, you're a trader. Um, and then also when he, you know, there was that whole thing. I don't know if you remember, but there was like this press conference that they do in Iowa, you know, kind of pumping. What's that? 
Fight night? Fight night. So that whole- I'm up on fight night. Yeah, he challenged everybody. Yeah, he was challenging everybody that night. And, you know, he put, you know, Hawkeye Nation on his back. He said, you can't cheer for me for Team USA if you weren't cheering for me when I was a Hawkeye. So wherever he goes, he has this super loyalty for whoever he's wrestling for. Now, you know, this past summer, he said he's going to wrestle for the Nittany Line Wrestling Club. And he's taken that loyalty with him. And sometimes it's at the expense of your former family, your former Hawkeye Wrestling Club, whatever you want to say. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. As I say all the time on this show, I'm an outsider. I don't know the, you know, the backstories. Did he get, you know, crossed up behind the scenes or something like that? I don't know. I'm just reporting on what I see here. But the tweet was Hawkeye Wrestling Club originally said Thomas Gilman tells a story about preparing for the iconic Iowa versus ISU duel. Shout out to Iowa State. And uh, this is uh, from 2018. So at this time, Thomas was with the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. He was with the Hawkeyes and he and, uh, said how one moment in practice impacted the outcome of the team score. And uh, this is a video that was posted on Rockfin. So if you have a Rockfin account, you can go check it out. I actually didn't watch the, the video because it's kind of uh, it's kind of beside the point of this whole Twitter thing that happened. But anyways, Thomas Gilman quote retweeted that tweet and he said, use content from your athletes to promote your program. Thanks with the Nittany Lion emoji. Uh, this one was on my radar right away. First of all, I love when people tweet at me when something pops up on a timeline and then they tweet at me like, stalemates, there it is, you know, check it out. No, no. I love that. It's like the bat symbol or something like that. And mm -hmm. I got to come out and, and report on it. Um, but I thought this was interesting because the way that I've taken the whole Thomas Gilman going to the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club thing uh, from the beginning, it was always like, you know, they did, a, they did wonders for me. You know, I appreciate my time with them, but you know, Spencer Lee's kind of their guy. So I don't, you know, for me, I took it as like, I don't really want to, you know, train in the same room as Spencer or something like that, but it's all good. I'm going to go over here. You guys do your thing. You know, I kind of see the writing on the wall. Spencer's your guy. I'm going over here. I kind of took it like that. But in these past few weeks, whether it's Thomas Gilman calling out Spencer Lee at the Nittany Line Wrestling Club event or some Twitter stuff, and there's been a couple little tweets that he's kind of thrown like little jabs. But this one right here is just kind of like the first like stepping over the line like, hey, I'm not with you guys anymore. I'm with these guys now. I'm with the enemy. Yeah, I'm with these guys. I'm with the enemy. I'm with, you know, the ops, as the kids would say. And so I think that this is the first time that's kind of like, all right, you're over there. We're over here. Is that kind of how you took it? Yeah, you know, that's like you said, that's what I was going to say about him. When you get Gilman, you got 100% of him. He's loyal to who he's with. You got to hand it to him for that, whether you like it or not. I mean, is he going to be estranged from Iowa forever? No, I'm sure when it's all said and done, he'll be, you know, an Iowa, Iowa hero and back with them. But he's with them right now. He's with Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. He knows that's the enemy. I mean, he knows he, knows he went there. He knows he's with the enemy team. And he's going to roll with it. He doesn't care. He's not going to, oh, I'm here, but, you know, yeah, I'm still okay with these guys. No, he's, he's with who he is. He doesn't care about anybody else. You do have to respect that about him. Is it a little much to be complaining about uh, them using him from an interview from two years ago? Maybe. But that's what he's going to do. You know that. Yeah. Get up and over it. yeah, and I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And I think uh, we saw this play out with Tony Ramos. And at first, when Tony Ramos did the whole thing where, you know, he did the press conference saying, I'm out of here. I got to find somewhere else. You know, they they did me wrong or whatever, whatever he said. Um, at first, the Hawkeye Nation was kind of like, fine, get out of here. You know, if you're not if you're not ride or die Hawkeye, you're out of here. And that was kind of ugly in the beginning, but as time has kind of went on, I think, you know, time heals all wounds a little bit. So I don't think in the long run, Thomas Gilman and, and the Hawkeyes are going to be forever. I think it, there's a point where, where Thomas Gilman goes back to Iowa city and kind of 
you know, embraces it a little bit. But, you know, there's only so much money to be going around in, in wrestling. And, you know, sometimes they got to choose their guy. They didn't really choose Spencer Lee, but I think Spencer, I think Thomas Gilman saw, you know, that's the guy that they want. So I, I'm going over here. It was going to happen eventually. I mean, you don't have to be a brand's brother to know that he's going to be the number one guy. And, you know, you know, he was going to eventually move. Yeah. And uh, even though he was going to go to Penn State, that's a little weird. But, you know, hey, that's what he does. You know, he doesn't dwell on things. He, he, he moves on. He forgets about things. He lost when he was senior year and he didn't win the national title. He disappeared for a month or two. He came back at the last chance qualifier, won it, made the team, and then uh, made the world finals. And, and, you know, a couple months after his college brand did not how he wanted to. He's, he doesn't dwell on things. He moves on to the next thing. And you got to have that kind of short-term memory. And now he's gone from there. And Yeah. I think, I think too, I don't think like, I don't think he's technically right uh, about, you know, getting mad that they're using content um, like his content or whatever, because at that time in 2018, he was part of their program. Is it a little bit weird? It is a little bit weird to me that they would choose that clip to like promote what, you know, their rocks fan or whatever like that. But at the end of the day, he is a Hawkeye. So they're going to show, you know, like how many times now do they show old clips of, you know, wrestling from back in the day that, you know, guys have moved on. It's like, you know, they're going to use former wrestlers, especially if they paid for your school and whatever they did for him. Uh, so they can do that. It is a little bit weird in the timeliness of like, you know, Thomas Gilman versus Spencer Lee, and that's the world that we're living in. You're going to use that clip. It's like, it has a lot to do with it. He wants to wrestle them, and it's just another thing to try to help, you know, go them into it, you know? Yeah. Take up the view while it's hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, and, and what's crazy is if you go through some of the replies there, there's definitely some Hawkeye faithful. You can tell because they have the Hawkeye Wrestling Club inner circle um, mm -hmm. in there. Randy Novak was in there. He's a big Hawkeye guy, former uh, amazing wrestler. He said, LOLOL, hashtag USA. Uh, he got 29 likes because I think people know, you know, they know who, who he is. Um, and then there were some other Hawkeye Wrestling Club members that were in there. But um, for the most part, I'm sure it made its way to the Hawkeye Report. I didn't do enough homework to see if it did or not. But uh, Eric Montoya even tweeted Tommy going hard in the paint. If Eric Montoya is saying you're going hard in the paint, you know you did something right. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to that guy later. Let's stay on the Hawkeyes, though, for a little bit. Um, this week, I did not expect to see... Sam Stoll getting some hate on my timeline. This this hits a little bit close to home. I I know some of your uh, some of your cronies or whatever, some of your friends are, got in on this. But let me say this: I am I am uh, I'm a Cyclone fan. I, I hate a lot of Hawkeyes out there. Just and and when I say hate, I don't mean it at a personal level. I just mean you know the rivalry sports. It is what it is. You, you know I, you know I love rivalries. It's supposed to it's supposed to have that that friction there, but Sam stole taking ricochet shots. No pun intended by Twitter world this week. So cam Kramer photo, he's over at I wrestle shout out to cam Crater. He cam Kramer. He tweeted out this video of Jacob Casper hitting this sweet lefty headlock and my move, my only move <laughs> Jagger's I only move. Um, so I don't know if I ever hit a headlock in my day. If I did, it was uh, probably in practice or something. But, but anyways, this tweet goes out there. Uh, it's a cool video and everything. And this is from Nationals, I believe. And it, it was a cool video, but uh, I think it was Jersey Hokey 29 who tweeted, stole outweighed Casper by about 70 pounds in this match, flopped like a fish, then tossed his ankle bands at Casper, about sums up his nondescript Iowa career, which 
you and I both know that Virginia Tech and Iowa have this long uh, kind of friction history. Jersey Hokie is clearly a Virginia Tech Hokie fan. And then Sam Stoll being from Iowa. This is a, uh, you know, this goes deeper than just this tweet here. But I did not expect to see all the hate for that. I didn't realize that Sam Stoll was not uh, necessarily a like guy. Or do you think that's just an Iowa thing? Like just, you know, it's, it's fun to hate on Iowa. Do you think that was just an Iowa thing, or do you think these people really don't like Sam Stoll, or maybe it was the ankle band toss? I think a lot of people just don't like him. I mean, he's he's kind of right. It's kind of it's not. I wouldn't say it's nondescript, but he didn't quite do what I guess people thought he was going to do. And you know, he he been hurt a lot, and then his last year, of course, with the with the bullet wound, didn't get to do much. And and Cassiope wasn't quite ready. And you know, yeah, hope he doesn't like them. And and he's kind of right. And, and it, you know, that is kind of how it ended there with him just throwing ankle bracelets at the back of him. Ankle bracelets, you're just flinging them at the little back. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't understand that move by him. And, and I don't really remember this match. Aggravation. I don't remember this, this match particularly, especially because uh, there's so much going on at, at Division One Nationals, eight mats going on. But um, the only thing I had a problem with was a nondescript Iowa career because it's like, I can't really say that he had a, he had a nondescript Iowa career, especially if you're All-American, which that was pointed out by uh, 1984. Um, but, however, at the same time, Jersey Hokie replied, did he All-American? Only remember for one off-the-map moment, which would have been him getting shot in the leg, which it seems to be uh, some sort of Iowa um, initiation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a rite of passage, you got to take a bullet. <laughs> you got to take a bullet. You got to be down with the gang. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I saw that pop up my timeline this week and I was like, man, I would, I, you know, you always wonder, you know, who's going to get into it this week. It seems to be a common thing uh, this year. A lot of people, you know, getting into it in the Twitter streets, but did not expect the Sam Stoll hate to get popped up on my timeline. Yeah, I didn't expect that comment, but uh, I guess people didn't, you know, since he doesn't get talked about a lot, if his name's going to be up there, people are going to come out and take their shots. Because other than that, who's really talking about Sam Stoll that much? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. However, Pretty sure he beat Mason Paris, who seems to be the hot topic nowadays. Now, that was a very different uh, Mason Paris, but we still got to give him credit for that. Um, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, your boy, Piles. We're trying to get a matchup with you, Jagger Pyle. You know, everybody who's watching this probably knows a little bit about that. We're not going to get into that. But the whole um, Jordan Burroughs versus David Taylor thing happens. They do a press conference. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that as well. But the thing that I found interesting was C piles eight on Twitter. Uh, he has me blocked, so I couldn't see it. However, your boy has all the screenshots. He tweeted something along the lines of like, I pick Burroughs. Vincenzo Joseph from the Nittany Lion wrestling club tweets out. You look like you pick your nose. Um, the ratio from likes and tweets and stuff went in Vincenzo's favor. I don't know what C piles got. But Vincenzo Joseph got 15 retweets, five quote or five quote tweets, and 475 likes amongst a bunch of a bunch of replies. Um, did that shock you at all to see Vincenzo Joseph tweet like that? No, he's on Team Kale and very very anti piles over there, from what I know. Yeah. So, you know, and and yeah, the reason he's not going to post like any interactions because he's blocked anybody who will ever talk on Twitter. Right. That's why. Everybody else that he's got left are people who barely go on. That's why, you know, you don't, after all questions, you don't see any douchey questions because everybody's been blocked. He's a blocking freak. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, I got tagged in something this week that said I joined the club and it was a bunch of people who have been, uh, 
blocked mm -hmm. by piles. Let's see if I can find it really quick. Very honorable thing. Yeah. You said it was an honorable thing? It is to get blocked by him. I got blocked for making an Oreo cookie joke to him. Well, I don't understand why it's honorable if it's like everybody, like everybody's in the club almost. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, honorable would be like, you know, oh, it's an elite club of like four of us, but it's like everybody's in it. And, and, yeah, uh, not that really get blocked anymore by him. Right. Um, Luis Bargon 285 tweeted that. But, um, yeah. And then, I mean, all the replies are everybody that's been blocked by him. It's like, at this point, who's who? Who else is on his timeline? You know, I, I have yet. To, there's a couple of people that I've wanted to block, but I haven't yet, and I'm I'm really holding it off because I feel like you really got to cross the line to get blocked. However, I don't. You know, it's like if he doesn't want to have certain people on your timeline, I get it. But at the same time, it's like if you're gonna be a person who puts your opinions out there, you got to be willing to you know take a little bit of criticism here and there. You got you know you can. When you're in his position, you can't block people. You really you gotta if you don't don't respond to them, but you gotta let them have their say. If you want to be the top guy at this media mobile, you can't you can't just block people. Right. You gotta, you gotta let them free. I mean, at the very I don't know what he why he changed his mind, but at the very least, at one point, Nomad unblocked Everybody. the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know why he did that. And uh, just recently, he blocked everybody again. I don't know why he did that either. I didn't make the cut this time, which I was surprised. When everybody else was was saying that, I was, I ch I kept checking to see if I was blocked, but I wasn't. But Vincenzo Joseph, though, I thought it was I thought it was a little bit crazy. You know, a lot of times with these Penn State guys, they don't we don't get to see a lot of personality while they're there. I know he's like he's graduated now and he and he's doing other stuff. When I saw this, I was like, okay, this is another one where it's like, you know, we've always kind of known that there's that friction between flow slash piles and the Nittany line wrestling club. But this one was like, you know, the first public jab, I think, you know, where it's like, you look like you pick your nose. Now he, it is kind of like this junior high kind of joke. And, uh, you know, he, they, they did, they did, or piles did pick Burroughs instead of Taylor, who's his teammate. So it's kind of, you know, they're kind of, you know, defended their family a little bit. But it was kind of cool to see that, you know, somebody just publicly go out like that. Yeah, they say that about them, that they don't like them saying stuff on Twitter. And I don't think that's quite true because a couple of guys do talk. I just think most of them are just aren't into doing that. But the ones who who will say something will say something. Roman will, you know, he's he's RBY will. But, yes, he yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. You know, so as long as it's not anything bad, I don't think Hale minds that much. And then and, and you know, knowing considering the only thing they have is these events they do themselves. They got to promote them themselves. It's not wrong with a little trash talk. Plus, yeah. you know, this isn't within the realm of a college season. That's, that's a little different, but this is, this is on your own, you know? And so they do have a, they have that personality over there. Even Kale does. Well, once you see the coach, you know, tweet, and then you're going to follow along. Correct. But, I, I, yeah. I agree with all that. And I don't have a problem with them. Like, you know, not really getting into it while they're in, you know, while they're in college and stuff. Cause you know, they're focusing on their stuff, but. Now it's like you got to promote these these rock fan cards or whatever you got to do. Um, you know, I love to see it. Let's stay on the topic of Burroughs and Taylor, though. Uh, Pat Minio, your boy, my boy, maybe not your boy. And you guys have some, some, yeah, you guys got some history going on, but it is what it is. Uh, but, anyways, he tweeted, you know, rumor has it JB signed a $200,000 multi event and media content deal with Flow Wrestling. That's one way to catch a big fish. He also goes on to report that. JB and David Taylor's match was supposed to happen on Rockfin originally. It was supposed to be some sort of done deal. And this is all according to Pat, so we don't know, you know, exactly um, both sides of the story here. But allegedly the story was the match was supposed to happen on Rockfin. Kale had, you know, aligned the stars for it to happen. 
Um, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Flow steps in the picture and the match ends up being on Flow. Obviously, this is kind of weird because David Taylor and the Nittany Line Wrestling Club is such a, you know, bonded family. And, you know, they're kind of right now, their competition with Flow in terms of uh, video streaming rights, which we've talked about on this channel a little bit. But it ends up going to Flow, which is a huge get for Flow. I don't know exactly the number. I don't know if it was like public knowledge what was reported. They got paid. Um, I did hear some rumblings behind the scenes of what was going on, but it seems that, you know, it's an official done deal now. They did a press conference over at Flow. It's going to happen over there, but there's people getting Jordan Burroughs, the king, uh, some flack for doing it, you know, backing out per se of the Rockfin deal and going with Flow. For me, it's like, uh, you know, we finally get to this point where these guys are getting paid astronomical numbers here, $200,000 for uh, a multi-match contract with Flow. That's some good money, you know? Yeah, that, that's a lot. You know, flow in between the lawsuit and, and all these cards, they're spending money like Brewster's millions here. Like, they got to get rid of it <laughs> without any receipts. But, you know, they have it. Good for that. And as far as Burroughs, yeah, he's going to do it on the biggest, you know, stage. Flow's bigger than Rockfin right now. He's Burroughs. He can pick and choose. He doesn't have to do the match either. If he only wants him that bad, you're going to have to play by his rules. You know, he's Jordan Burroughs. He deserves it, too. So, if he's, you know, flow is the biggest entity. He's going to do it on that. Right. Yeah. And Taylor, I get that he's with Rockfin now, but he has been Flo's poster boy for over a decade. One of the first things I ever did was an interview with him when he was like a freshman in high school. So, yeah, he might be somewhere else now, but he's got to be loyal to them still. Correct. You still got to be someone. You can't just turn your back on them because you've started your own thing now. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I think it's probably one of those things that if you think about the match, like it would have been huge for Rockfin and obviously worth like every dime for, for them to, you know, pay the, the money that JB was asking for. Um, but at the same time, it's like one of the biggest matches in history. Um, I think there might be something along the lines for, for Jordan Burroughs where he's like, I'm going to kind of play it safe here and go flow. Regardless of all the streaming issues that they've had in the past, I felt like he maybe was like, you know what? Uh, flow might be more the neutral ground as well you know yeah if you think about it he's got penn state announcers you know he's got vincenzo on the mic he's he's in their place he doesn't want to do that i don't blame him yeah and i think too another part of it as well and i was thinking about this if it ended up ever being on on rockfin rockfin's production is very i mean it's good in the sense that like it's bang 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 all meat and potatoes. There's really not a flash. The last card that they did, they br did bring in Willie, and, and then he did, you know, his little uh, interviews on the side of the mat in between matches. There, you know, the production is getting a little bit better. But if you look at the way Flow hypes things up compared to the Rockfin cards, the Rockfin cards are very much get the next guy out there, get the next guy out there, because they want to get as many matches as possible in, in one evening. You know, they're paying a lot of money for a production crew. They they want to use you know use it as much as they can and get as many matches as they can. But then you look at the flow stuff, you know, you're getting less matches in a, you know, a certain amount of time, but they have the smoke and the lights and the production crew and, and the hype and stuff like that. So flow does get a lot of crap, but they do a good job of, you know, making it kind of a grand scale event rather than just like, all right, run out there in front of that camera, wrestle, okay, the next guy, whatever. So I think for Jordan Burroughs, maybe that was part of it too, which, you know, I don't know who was paying him more. That could have, it could have been solely a money thing. You know, flow was wanting to pay this, Rockfin was paying this we're going over here and we're doing it over here um but you know I, I don't really like to see a lot of jordan burroughs hate but you know i guess if it, if, if it was the case where the money was equal and he originally committed to rockfin and backed out you know that that kind of sucks but 
at the same time, I think competition is good for everybody. That's it. You know, that's what we wanted to see at the beginning of summer is we want to see people challenge flow. That's happening. Uh, it's made flow step their game up. Rockfin stepping their game up. At the end of the day, I think it's good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I already have a flow account and Rockfin, so I don't know. As long as not one of those, I'm fine. I just don't want to have to go to a third site. <laughs> so as much as I may seem like I hate flow, the more on there, the better. I just renewed put everything on there. What, what am I going to do? It's already there. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're a wrestling fan at the end of the day, it's like, you got to be really down for the cause of, of bringing flow down. If you don't sign up for, for a flow account, cause it's like, they have mm -hmm. almost everything. It does make things interesting though, that they don't have the big 10 anymore, but they went and signed the UWW contract. So now it's like, okay, well they, they got our money now. Uh, let's move on to the big topic oh, of the week. Oh, that was a big head thing. Yeah. You know, it was always weird that they did that anyway, considering they have their own app and they finally realized why we, we have this on our own app. Why are we giving it to them for a built-in, you know, subscription already? I love it, but it made no sense to them. And after a couple of years, they realized, why are we doing this? I was shocked when, when I found out that they were doing that. Cause I'm like, don't you have BTN to go? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's I cheaper it too. I want to say B BTN to go was like nine ninety nine, maybe. Something I don't like know. that. Twelve bucks a month, something like that. Yeah. First time I had ordered it was back in twenty seventeen for the Big Ten tournament because I wanted to see it. I didn't even really use it that much. And then the next year is when they went on flow. I was thrilled. Yeah, but like that, that's another thing too. Like what what happens now if like you got to pay for um, BTN to go, Flow Wrestling, and Rockfin at some point? You gotta, that's what it's gonna be. You know. Yeah. All and right. Um. So the big topic this week, out of the blue. Literally out of out of nowhere, Eric Montoya. He wrestled for uh, Nebraska. I don't know if he's still there or not. I'm not sure. I should have no, done more homework. Not. He's gone now. Um, so, anyways, he tweets. I don't care. This is like the old. This is like the old. Uh, I mean, th this this topic has been going on since. What year did Anthony Robles win it? Like 2011, I think it was 2011. Okay, so he wrestled 11, Matt McDonough. Uh, Matt McDonough dominated his most of his college career at Iowa. He wrestles Anthony Robles, who um, was born with one leg and you know there's this whole debate going on forever it's like i'm trying to think of a, uh, another sports debate that's kind of ridiculous that you know people go back and forth on people feel one way people feel the other out of the no out of nowhere nine years after the match eric montoya former nebraska wrestler tweets out i don't care what anyone says anthony robles had an advantage now i think maybe let's say many let's see how many followers he has right now so right now he's got 777 followers, which isn't a ton, but you know, if you're connected in the wrestling world, it doesn't take very much for, for something to get out there and, and for everybody to see it. So he tweets that out and it has zero retweets, but it's got 30 quote retweets and 45 likes. So they're usually bad that if you, if you ever see that amount of quote retweets on something, it's either something really good, but there's also going to be a lot of retweets. But if there's zero re retweets and 30 quote retweets, mm -hmm. you screwed up. Yeah. So everybody dogpiled on him. There's people that were kind of like, yeah, I agree and stuff. So I'm not going to say, you know, he, he was over a hundred or whatever it was. There was a couple people that had his back, but the interesting thing to me was, you know, Matt McDonough jumped in the chat and even Anthony Robles responded to uh, Matt McDonough. Um, and Matt McDonough was just kind of like, you know, he took the the side of like no excuses. He won. Uh, I'd love to run it back. Um, but I think the interesting point is so. Anyways, let me let me say this. People are saying that Anthony Robles had an advantage because he had was missing a leg. Therefore, he was able to have like a frame of a hundred you know fifty pound or hundred and fifty seven pound or something like that, hundred sixty five pounder. Uh, but but able to wrestle at one twenty five. Um, so they're saying you know he had the advantage of strength and 
this and that, whatever. He didn't really clarify exactly what he thought the advantage was, but that's kind of the the storyline there. But what's interesting to me is somebody pointed out, like, listen, like, this guy had losses earlier in his career, so he got better. Like, that's the that's the real take on this thing is, like, had he came in and just wrecked everybody from from ever and, and you know, just didn't get better, it's like, okay. Because Newsflash, his freshman, sophomore year, junior year, he like he was born without a leg. It's not like he not like he was like, you know, an average wrestler has a freak accident, loses a leg, goes undefeated because like, oh, this is this helps a lot, yeah. Correct. It's like this guy his whole life didn't have his leg. Started off like a good wrestler, obviously, division one, Arizona State, and he had a good record and whatnot, but he got incrementally better throughout his career. That's the real take here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he figured it out against the top competition, not just, you know, some random couple guys. I'm the weakest guy alive. Uh, I'm right here, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> we got the same body shape. And I probably, every guy I've ever wrestled was probably stronger than me, and I did beat them. It's not all about strength, obviously. If it was the strongest guy in every way, it would just win. Now, if you told me, hey, we'll make you five times as stronger but we're going to take away your leg and see how you wrestle. I say, no, no, no. I probably have a harder time doing that. So it's not about the strength. Yeah. He had the strength, but he's missing a leg here. That's a lot to deal with. That's like, you, you got to figure out everything at once. And he did that and, and, you know, made it to the top with that. That's pretty commendable. If you ask me, it's not an advantage. It may be a little advantage there, but it's a lot of disadvantage too. Yeah. It's a lot of disadvantage too. I, I love, I also love the take of people like, fine, cut your leg off and see how it is. It's like, well, okay, I don't know. I don't know if we need to go that far, but at the same time, it's like, does he have an advantage? Yes, but there's other people who have certain advantages as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, like access to certain coaches and stuff like that. You, like, you, like, there's certain things out there that like everybody has an advantage in one way or another, but at the same time, there's also disadvantages to other people. I mean, unless someone's out there just taking steroids and, and stuff, but. Um, you never know. Everybody's built different. That's the thing of the sport. Everybody's built different, different sizes. It's all about how, you know, you look at the old picture of Tristan Worse and Aaron Costello. Just look at the picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, that guy won. Yes. How the hell did he win? Well, because he's better at doing what he's doing there. That's all. You know, he's a foot shorter, and he's he's a better wrestler. Iconic photo, by the way. That's a that's a great photo. Um, what I found fu- the funniest part about about this whole Eric Montoya tweet is like we've all been there where we're like just super bored. And we're watching YouTube and like a suggested match comes up and you're like, eh, I'm going to watch it. Like, I think that's what happened. He was just probably watching that random match and just, just tweeted it and, and, and had it, you know, that thought popped up. So I'm just going to tweet this thing out. I'm bored in here watching this match. And then, Hey, you, you, you messed up, but uh, he did kind of own it a little bit. If I went and looked at some of his other tweets and he was saying, Oh man, I'm like, I'm like the new Pat Downey now. So I think it was one of those things. He didn't think a lot of people were going to see the tweet. It, a lot of people did end up seeing it. Now he's on the show. Um, shout out to Eric Montoya. Um, but sorry, brother. Uh, the next yeah, thing here. They're ready to sink them in. I mean, that's Twitter, you know. <laughs> they uh, like that and it's going to come out to you, especially my people. Yeah. That's what we're here for. I know I messed up. Well, I don't think you, well, knock on wood, I don't think you guys have came at me yet, but I know I'll mess up some point if if the whole, uh, the Bajrang guys are, the Bajrang boys or whatever are going to come at me. Um, by the way, are you excited that he's You're mostly liked? Mostly liked. I hope. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I know, I'm pretty sure I know who 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 doesn't like me, but we'll. 
<laughs> we don't have to get into it. Uh, that's okay. He doesn't like anybody, and that's the beauty of him. Oh, okay. Then it's Seth. Uh, Seth. Seth's great. No, Seth's not a boxing boy. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll, we'll have to talk about it off air. Um, last, last one here. I don't really want to get into it. This this horse has been uh, beaten dead for a while, whatever the saying is. Uh, AJ Ferrari, um, Gable, Gable, um, Gable Stevenson. Uh, so he, you know, the whole Gable Stevenson at the RTC Cup thing happens. Um, he 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 doesn't wrestle Gwiz. He or no, he does wrestle Gwiz, but he doesn't wrestle Mason Paris. Basically, there was the whole interview that Flo did with Gable. Um, kind of calls out AJ Ferrari. AJ Ferrari then after the whole, you know, ducking situation of Mason Paris, AJ Ferrari tweets, you say I'm soft and I'm afraid to lose, crying, laughing face, yet you are the one who shows up to a team duel tournament and doesn't wrestle in over half of your matches for no known reason. I think you should look in the mirror. You shouldn't be so afraid to lose, Gable. You are better than that. I think AJ Ferrari is setting himself up to be very much hated, but very much loved. And he did the whole political thing where it's like you're going to have one side really love you and you're going to have the other side very much not love you and at the end of the day you are going to be huge in terms of followers and attention from people some people don't like this method because you know you're kind of alienating yourself from from one team or the other one side or the other but it pays off for a lot of people and, and we're seeing it here with aj ferrari do you think you know, this is going to translate to people really watching everything that he's going to do now. Oh, absolutely. There, you know, one thing about AJ, well, one, he's Italian. They should not Italian. So his last two years of high school, he, he missed pretty much all of it. So he's kind of been just out of the spotlight for a while. And now he's back and he's healthy and he's wrestling again. He's at a major school and uh, he's very tall trash, you know, and, and, and that's fine. That's, you know, what he wants to do. And there's some big guns out there. And he wants to talk to you. I don't know why they're beefing. They're at different weights. Is AJ going to go up to heavyweight? No, take him on. You know, you're going to run out of time because Gable's apparently retiring. As far as Gable, who I like very much, you can't tell Mason, been there, done that, and then challenge a guy who's been there and done that on you and then wonder why he doesn't want to wrestle you again, who's out of school, who's long out of school. You can't have it both ways here. Yeah. You know? Mason says, oh, well, you can't run forever. I've been there, done that. Correct. Hey, I want to wrestle this guy and get my, my, one of my wins back. Yeah. It means nothing, no. You're not getting any titles from him. He's not handing over the belt. Kastar spent nine years in college and, and another year now past that, trying, got hurt again. I don't see him trying to waste his time wrestling Gable for nothing. Correct. Maybe a bunch of money. Flo can do that, I guess, but they can't pay Gable there. Yeah, and but it's... That's why he's retiring. He wants that Flo money. <laughs> that... Maybe that's true. I think too, it's like, oh, that's another interesting thing. It's like, I wonder if guys are going to like surpass wrestling in college because they're going to start wanting to wrestle for this, this money that flow and, and rock. It take more time for that, you know? You know, we already see guys kind of skip college so they can do the, uh, the Olympic yeah. route, but that's interesting too. I didn't really think if about it that. If it gets big enough, yeah, I think somebody will. You know, there's definitely enough payday out there. Yeah, why should I go through four years, of, especially when you don't know how, what these seasons are going to even be like anymore. But, you know, it could happen. I think it's, it's going to be interesting, too, because, you know, they're going to keep doing these cards throughout the college season. And it's like mm -hmm. 
I wonder if the the viewer and the subscriber stuff is going to go down because right now people are willing to pay for almost any wrestling because it's been, you know, mm -hmm. really since March, other than like, you know, stuff here and there. Um, and we're starting to see more of them now and now, you know, more and more now. But at the same time, when the college season goes on, I wonder if we're going to see people starting to pay more attention to that rather than these cards. Or maybe people are going to love all of it. I think the diehards are going to love all of it, right? But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. This Ferrari thing, though, it's like it's we see this a lot in the UFC where guys several weight classes down or or even in different promotions like Bellator guys, Dylan Dan is calling out UFC guys. It's really mm -hmm. easy to call somebody out if it's never going to really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm wrestling anyway. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. We're in different promotions. We're at different weights. So it had nothing to lose. You know, it's kind of like me calling out piles. He's just never going to respond. I can just keep doing it and keep winning. One day he's going to come back at me and I'm going to be like, have you ever seen him? Do you go to do you go to events uh, like in person, or do you like to watch from home? I watch from home. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not many of the big ones really happen over here where I live. See, that's so, no, a, I never see him in person. That's the interesting thing with me. Not that I don't think I don't know if anybody if anybody's coming at me or not, but uh, I'm I like love going to college wrestling meets in person, and so it's like if somebody ever beefs me, like you and Piles have your beef, you know, <laughs> that's that's the weird part. You know, if I was just staying at home, it'd be it'd be a lot easier, but. I'm gonna have to always have a uh, eye over my shoulder. Yeah, you gotta you never know. He comes, you know, from a jock strap over your head and took <laughs> yeah. me out. With, you know what you gotta do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I've, ne I've never seen him. Uh, I've spoken to him here and there. Well, I don't even know how that challenge thing started. I think I just said it as a goof one day. People picked up on it, and I realized, you know what, well, we are about the same size, so <laughs> it technically could happen. You're a uh, you're you're. Uh... You dressing up like him, I just lose it. I mean, you can do it. You can do it like everybody. You, you know, like even yeah. even the stalemate challenge thing that uh, people are doing. It's it's hilarious. I love it. Um. Anyways, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. We're gonna keep it brief. I don't really know how long we've been doing here. It looks like about uh thirty minutes or so. Uh, if you guys like right. this, give this video a thumbs up. Comment, subscribe. We want to hit two thousand soon. We're about to uh, hit fifteen hundred probably in the next uh, probably after this video. Um, but Jagger, thanks for coming on. Shout out your Twitter Thank really you. quick. What's your Twitter? At Jagger712. That's me. Jagger712. Hard to find. He's he's the fun. That's that's what he does. He's he's not a video guy, really. He's starting to become one now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, getting there though, you know. Yeah. We're gonna have to uh send you get you a mic or something so we can uh both have this uh studio quality. But thanks for coming on the show. If you guys liked it, let us know. Uh appreciate you guys for supporting. Peace. Mm -hmm.